Well, good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, Law and You. Julian Campbell here and we've got another very interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program we'll have a look at our Harvard Business Review tip. This particular one is get your message across in a difficult conversation. Also, we're going to be chatting with Christina later on, and we'll be talking about topic six, the one we set you a few weeks ago now. We're going to be talking about mindset, mindset, mindset. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Vaniel Holt, who's an anti-corruption lawyer, and we're going to talk about less corruption in business operations. Good afternoon, Vania. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm very well, and thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. So, um, with the current appetite for establishing a federal and anti-corruption commission in Australia gaining speed, and following the introduction of a national integrity bill by the independent Helen Haynes, how can businesses show that they support less corruption in their own business operations? Well, it's uh, good to see that the government itself has also drafted legislation for an anti-corruption commission, so it'll be interesting to see how that actually plays out too. Mm. But corruption um, is really about the power imbalance between those with the power and those without, and corruption occurs when someone abuses that power. Slavery involves the same concept. Uh, Those with the power or money abuse that power by taking away someone's rights, such as uh, freedom from forced labour. And with this new legislation coming in, businesses and government are in a position now to start again after COVID-19. They have time to get ahead of the curve or even ahead of their competitors um, to ensure that they're acting as good citizens with their ethical and sustainable business practices to show that they reduce or want to reduce and eliminate slavery in supply chains. So what is slavery? Well, slavery comes in many forms and it's not just the slavery um, in the traditional sense that we all know about. Uh, It includes human trafficking, forced labour, child and even forced marriages. So slavery is ownership over another human being. So the person is subject to slavery, um, they're dehumanised and treated as a commodity. And slavery occurs in supply chains of many of the things we buy every day, such as uh, uh, mobile phone making, clothing, shoes, flowers, wine, food face masks even, everyday products. Uh, For example, apparel companies in Australia are now not sourcing cotton from Uzbekistan because of supply chain issues they've identified. There have also been reports in the news over the last couple of days about supply chain issues um, in some clothing companies that are uh, promoting their sales for these Black Friday sales going on at the moment. And even today on the ABC, there was uh, Woolworths and Coles have submitted or published their modern slavery statements, their reports, and that, that have found berry and citrus farms most at risk of slavery in Australia. So you can see that enslavement can happen in places such as households, brothels, building sites, factories and farms, and some of the biggest risks occur in construction or farming and other rural-based industries which are common in the Hunter Valley. So slavery is endemic around the world, and there are approximately 40 million people subject to slavery in the world. It's outstanding. It's it's unbelievable. And two-thirds of them are in the Asia-Pacific area, which we're in. So... In Australia, it's estimated that there are between 1,200 and 1,900 people subject to slavery, but because not all cases are reported, this number could be five times higher. So what is the federal government trying to do about anti-slavery? 
Well, they are. They're, they're taking a proactive um, approach, actually, in attempting to make supply chains ethical and sustainable by enacting the Modern Slavery Act. Uh, this commenced last year on the 1st of January. It's also modelling best practice by submitting its own anti-slavery statement to the register and publishing it on the Border Force website, which is the responsible government department in this situation. So because they have such large purchasing power, it hopes that uh, the government will show best practice and this will trickle down to other businesses. So particularly for those businesses that want to tender, want to, tender to government, either at the federal or state level. So... If you, have, if you do contract with either tier of the government, it will be important to show that you comply with this uh, legislation because government departments have to take reasonable measures to ensure that contractors and tenders comply with this policy. So I think it's a great time to get excited and prepared mm. for when the New South Wales enacts the legislation next year. Mm. So uh, a number of questions here. Who, <laughs> who has to report annually? Why? And what will happen if they don't? Where does the report go? Well, at the Commonwealth level with the Commonwealth legislation, it's entities that have consolidated revenue of over $100 million a year. They must report annually. And this includes not only businesses and corporations, but partnerships such as lawyers and accountants, trusts and the federal government itself. The New South Wales threshold will be a bit lower, probably between 50 and $100 million. But focusing on the uh, Commonwealth legislation, because it's the one that's commenced, um, Border Force is the relevant uh, government department and they post these statements on its modern slavery register on the website. So there's no penalty at the moment for not complying, not doing your statement, your anti-slavery statement, but there is a government re review within three years, so this may be amended. The New South Wales legislation, on the other hand, when it comes in, there will be a penalty. So the government is, in the first year, allowing uh, businesses to find their feet to work out the new legislation and how they can comply with it. Um, but they are making so-called naughty lists. So if you don't comply, <laughs> you may end up on this list, but you can always appeal to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. Uh, so these mandatory reporting um, requirements, they, you have to obviously say which entities are involved, identify um, your business and government or government and then you have to identify each step in your supply chain so it's not just the first tier suppliers it's everyone and identify any risks within that so once you've identified these risks you establish what action you will take to mitigate these risks and test the effectiveness of those new techniques and you have to submit this annually but what can you do like well, how, how do you look at um, if, well, eradicating slavery? So, for example, if you're buying computers, the next time you buy them, take into account the modern slavery risks. If you have a supplier that only supplies to you, you could ask, for example, how are they paying everybody? Is everybody being paid properly? Or where are they getting their supplies from? So that way you're building up your ethical supply chains and recognising the risk of slavery while trying to do something about it. So we could build up our own naughty lists and it's probably the good time of the year to do that, wouldn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, uh, even though there's it's quite high turnover businesses, even us in small businesses uh, should still be uh, respecting it and uh, following suit, I think. Absolutely. So, so why should those businesses that are not mandated to report submit a report? What does it matter? 
Well, that's right. Those, it is optional for smaller businesses or entities to report. Um, you can either notify a border force that you wish to report and then submit that way, or you can just put your own statement on your website mm. to show you're serious about your business practice. But you're getting ahead of your uh, competitors. This new law is changing behaviour in Australia. So one advantage, one of the main advantages, I would suggest, is that reputational enhancements will follow mm. from this submission of your report. So customers now have proof that you're ethical and sustainable. Um, your supply chains will be more robust, so you'll have less issues in there, and so that will increase profits. So, And since governments, both federal and state, are looking for suppliers that comply with this policy, it may affect your ability to apply for the tenders or be successful in those tenders. So I would suggest, yes, reputational enhancement and profit increase are two very good reasons to get involved. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for your time, and uh, I think we've got to keep in contact with this because... Uh, Obviously, uh, it's going to flow through the government over the next year. So, uh, absolutely, we'll absolutely, have, we'll have a chat with you sometime in the new year, and hope, hopefully, we'll be calling you doctor. <laughs> Thank you. Well, let's see. It's in, in submission at the moment or at the examination, so you never know. <laughs> Thanks very much. Have a good day, Bania Hold there, uh, very uh, experienced on. Uh, the anti-corruption stuff, and yeah, it's certainly great to see the government is uh, taking some initiative. And you're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM. Time to have our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. Lovely to speak to you again. I'm on your phone and not on your watch now? <laughs> you are on my phone, correct. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, mindset, mindset, mindset. Yeah, we are indeed. So we're up to up to item number six. So just to recap for um, the listeners, we number one was now is the time to show up. Number two was vision, values, mission. Number three, network and collaboration. Number four, take risks, be the visionary. Number five, find your niche. Number six, mindset, mindset, mindset. Um, and it's really um, synchronous that we're talking about mindset today because I've just come off uh, a webinar hosting a webinar with Naveen Jain. And Naveen Jain um, is an author. He's written a book called Moonshot. He's on the um, board of directors for Singularity U. He's a philanthropist. He is the CEO and creator of Viome. And he has chased every moonshot that he has, um, that he has thought about. Um, he's turned ideation into execution. And he has a, a, a saying, and Tony Robbins says the same thing. Many other people share this philosophy, but let's talk about it again. You are the sum of the people that you surround yourself with. Mm. So if you are hanging around with people who are like you know, downward, yeah, downward spiraling, um, then you tend to go on a bit of a downward spiral. And I'll give you a, a little check in um, with that in a minute. If you are on, if you are with people who are totally on an upward spiral, then that's where you go. You go on an upward spiral with them. You get enthused with them. So I, I remember the very first time I ever went on a um, on an SU executive program, uh, and I and I found myself in a group of like-minded people who boosted me to have the belief in the things that I was chasing. So it's really important to surround yourself with people um, who are very much like-minded. It doesn't mean that you agree on everything. It doesn't mean that you have the same philosophy on all things. It doesn't mean you're in the same field but it means that they are upward spiralling people. Um, and these kind of people, they're put together by their perceptions and experiences and we can have the same perceptions and experiences. No, we can't. We can have the same experiences and have different perceptions from those experiences. Somebody, two people might go through a very similar um, scenario. One person might come out with a very positive mindset and go, 
this is the silver lining of what I've just been given. And, you know, you'll, you'll see it now. A lot of people with COVID, some people are just talking about all the downward spirals from COVID. Some people are going, hey, we wish it had never happened. But since it has happened, here's all the upward spirals. Here's all the things, the opportunities um, that, that can come out of it. So definitely mm-hmm. a mindset on which way you want to go. Um, but it's that mindset that's going to give you the courage to chase the vision that we were talking about earlier, to take the risks that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I, I, here's the experiment. Either do it to yourself um, or do it to someone else. Well, it's not really nice if you do it to someone else. But <laughs> you, And I've done this experiment with students, right? I've gone up to a student in a class and gone, are you okay today? And they've looked at me and gone, yeah. And I've gone, well, you look a bit tired. Um, and then they might say something like, oh, well, I did have a really late night. Um, but you can see it in their body language because as soon as you say something slightly negative. yeah, negative to them, you see the body language drop. So I don't really want you to go and make somebody feel bad, uh, but it is a really good awareness um, exercise because you watch the whole persona drop. Can we try, uh, and can it we is try that the, easy. Couldn't we try the experiment the other way and make people feel positive? Yes, you can. <laughs> However, people don't usually follow um, follow that as well. But that's a really good point. So why don't we try that? Why don't we boy, boy somebody up, boy somebody up um, that... that you know, see how high we can take them because that's a really good thing. And But the worst critic, Julian, is the voice that we have on our shoulder. In our head, yeah. In our head, you know. So I kind of go, hey, you know, there's, there's these two voices. One one on your right shoulder is a good voice and one on your left shoulder goes, eh, you'll never do it. Eh, you know. And the right shoulder's going, oh, yeah, just give it a go. You know, and the left shoulder, the voice on the left shoulder's going, nah, you'll never make it. Why would you want to do that? You're not smart enough. You're not big enough. You're not brave enough. So that negative voice um, is part of that whole mindset. Mindset can be um, overcome and it can be changed. you just got to get into the habit. Journaling yeah. is a really good tool to use. Like it's a cliche tool to use, but it is such a good tool to use. Um, and also the, the gratitude exercise, you know, write down three things every day that you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how it can actually change the mindset and how you perceive things that are going on around you. And also looking at successes you've had too. Correct, and we yeah. don't do that enough. You no. know, just list them out. Go, hey, this is something. You know, I, I received. It can be as it can be as little as I received a response to an email that I never thought I would. You know, or even I have had the courage to send an email that I oh, never gosh. thought I would. You know, there's m- many ways to measure it, and we don't. And it's not. It's not necessarily the big, overarching, wonderful, huge success that you have. It's it's celebrate every tiny little step that brings you closer to where you want to be. Great, fantastic. Well, one of the things I learned many years ago was when I used to have some negative things going on at work and I used to bring it all home and my uh, wife started to say to me, uh, what's the best thing that happened to you today? Yeah, Instead yep. of how was your day? Completely different. And you, <laughs> and you completely, it brings you out of it straight away. It does indeed. And that's why it's really nice to start each meal with, what are we grateful for today? Yeah. You know, you got, and you, if you get your kids into that or your children into that mindset, hey, what are we really grateful for today? Mm. Uh, and you have similar conversations. You have very uplifting conversations um, around the dinner table. And you know what? It's awkward. The first couple of times you do it, it becomes so much easier. And okay. then people start pulling you up on it that, okay. you, haven't, that you actually haven't done it. So we'll, we'll try that out during the week. And next week we've got Topic 7, our last one. Yes, we do indeed. So next week we will be talking about the world is in the same position 
now we can rewrite the rules. Fantastic. So how do we rewrite the rules? Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Christina there with uh, Mindset, Mindset, Mindset. And you're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM. It's 27 minutes to 2. Time for our Harvard Business Tip. This particular one, get your message across in a difficult conversation. If you need to have a difficult conversation with someone, you're unlikely to come to a resolution if you don't hear the other person out. After you've listened to your counterpart, you can create a better understanding of your message by doing the following. First of all, own your perspective. Treat your opinion like what it is, your opinion. Start sentences with I, not you. Explain what's bothering you and follow up by identifying what you hope will happen. Second, pay attention to your words. Avoid name-calling and finger-pointing. Your language should be simple, clear, direct and neutral. Thirdly, watch your body language. Are you slumping your shoulders, rolling your eyes? Take stock of the impression you're giving. And finally, change your tenor of the conversation. If things get heated, don't panic. Take a deep breath and suggest a different approach, such as, if we put our heads together, we could probably come up with the way to move past this. Do you have any ideas? So thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at the corruption in business and the steps the government is starting to take. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we'll visit the tax world again with Chartered Accountant Tony Vidray. We'll have our Minute on Innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business of the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Seth Godwin once said, ideas in secret die. They need light and air or they starve to death. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.